International. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another installment of I Learned Nothing, a philosophy podcast for idiots. Uh, Hi, my name is Ben Cholak. I'm a philosophy expert, and I'm here to talk to my papped pupil, Pat. Papped pupil? Mm Mm-hmm. How you doing? I like like it. You like it? I'm feeling pretty papped right now. I'm feeling pretty papsy. (laughs) Paps Blue Ribbon is named after me. Mm -hmm. Did you know that? We're about to get pap smeared. Dude, we're about to get pap smeared. Dude, uh, I knew this girl, Jenny. Uh Uh-huh. Uh, and when I was like 15, she wrote on my, uh, backpack and she wrote PJ pap smear. That was my nickname <laughs> that she gave me. Disgusting. Yeah. I don't really know what a pap smear is. I can well, you know what, Ben? I don't really either. <laughs> and she kind of described it to me and I was, I think I was just like, oh, well that sounds really weird. Is it like, it's like a lady prostate exam? Um, kind of. <laughs> it's 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 like uh you know how, two like, men who clearly don't know what they're talking no, about you know it's it's like um you know how like girls sometimes they'll like brush their hair a hundred times before they go to bed yeah that's a pap smear okay, <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> i'm an expert that seems plausible <laughs> how are you today sir i'm doing good how are you i'm good you actually you have a degree in philosophy from princeton mm-hmm. university that's the one yeah and you're here to teach me this poor old son of a so-and-so a little something about philosophy, a subject I know next to nothing about, as everyone who's listened yeah. to the past 16 episodes knows. Right. You, uh, what is this, 17? This Lucky is episode 17? 17. Lucky uh, 17. Hell yeah, bro. Um, well, you reached out to me because you wanted to learn more about philosophy. And today, yeah. we're going to talk about one guy because you reached out to me about him in particular. Do you remember the circumstances? So, I was drunk at an open mic, <laughs> and I someone on Facebook... Or like maybe it was like an ad for Facebook posted yeah. this article, uh-huh. and I screenshot it and texted you immediately because I was laughing so hard. Yeah. Uh, do you want to read with the? So what, what the the article is uh, it's in this. Uh, it's about a German philosopher. It's about a German philosopher named Herbert Marcuse. He's a member of the Frankfurt School. Uh, he's right. very very influential for the new left in the U.S. during the 1960s. Sure. But here's the article you sent me. It was uh, in this magazine called The Conversation. And the title is, uh, The Philosopher Who Is Too Hot for Playboy. (laughs) It's just some dude. It's this dude smoking a cigar, and it says, Around 1970, Playboy magazine received an unexpected proposition from the radical German philosopher Herbert Marcuse. He would do an interview if he could pose for the magazine's centerfold. Wanted to pose nude. He was 70 years old at the time. It's just so funny (laughs) because... What a weird thing to say, mm-hmm. but in the context that it's, that it's delivered, like, it makes it seem like he, out of the blue, just, like, sent them a letter, like, I'd love to post nude for your magazine, and yeah. talk to you. Right. But, but they reached out to him, right? Yeah, that's what I thought at first. Uh, that's what I, what you said, I thought. Right. That's what happened at first, and then I looked into it. And actually, so, they wanted to interview him because he was a very, very famous public intellectual at the time. Yeah. Uh, and they're like, we'd love for you to do an interview, because Playboy was actually known for, like, pretty good 
interviews at the time. Well, that's where everyone, that's the, that old joke. Oh, I read it for the articles. Yeah, yeah, but right. They had great articles. They actually had good articles, which is weird. Um, now. The John Lennon interview? Fucking great. Yeah. Just being a jerk. So, yeah. <laughs> um, is it like to beat my wife? <laughs> um, <laughs> so, um, <clears throat> uh, Mark Hughes basically said, oh, you know, I, you know I'll, I'll talk a little bit about my philosophy, but uh, I'm not really into what you're doing. Uh, he actually didn't really like Playboy because uh, he thought that they were, you know, contributing to the objectification and commodification of women. Plus, not enough Bush. He was really into Bush. Yeah, so the Bushes were getting skimpier and skimpier. Yeah, so he was yeah. like... Very I need... heavily landscaped around this time. Yeah, he's like, I need Bush. Yeah, and he's I'm like, German. I want... Yeah, I'm German. I'm a German philosopher. You don't understand. I'm European. I want Bush. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> um, and so he's like, uh, so therefore, you know, I have this principled stance against your magazine. Uh, so, but here's the thing. I'm not going to say no. I'm going to say, I will interview. You can ask me whatever questions you want about my philosophy, but you have to make me the centerfold. I have to pose nude in, in my 70-year-old my naked, wrinkled German body. Just nude in German. Yeah, nude in German. And, uh, and it has to be the centerfold. The the part in the middle of the magazine that folds out yep uh is just gonna be, be him splayed sexily yeah uh i'm like a bear all skin rug new german glory yeah. yeah and what was playboy's response they were like hell no <laughs> <laughs> can you imagine yeah the guy who like asked them the question of who like reached out to him was like oh well we're definitely not gonna do that <laughs> never uh never mind yeah never mind i love the idea of like the editor like talking to someone being like oh did that uh german philosopher respond mm. yeah, yeah about that <laughs> yeah about that hey uh guess what a uh german philosopher who ran from the nazis uh had this batshit thing batshit crazy thing to say um, so what's this guy's deal because you said originally like you weren't you kind of weren't thinking about him but like but you you're a fan of his well he wasn't on my radar immediately to to be talked about right um uh because again you pick the topics a much to your chagrin much to my chagrin and you discuss uh, people you have no interest in this is the first time <laughs> actually this is the first time i'm i'm pleasantly surprised that you reached out about this guy because right. i actually do like this dude he's Hell one of my yeah. favorites he's one of my faves he's one of your i'll faves? go ahead i'll say right now four to five dean men really mm, yeah four out of four five. out of five dean men yeah or eight out of ten depending on what scale we're using because you switch it up arbitrarily for no reason well you know i have tourettes uh-huh. so anyway <laughs> so what's what's this fucker's deal he ran from nazis you know these philosophers i'm noticing something a ton of them ran from nazis yeah yeah mm-hmm. what is the deal Ugh, that's a big question um, I mean, why do they hate Nazis so much? <laughs> it's not really coming from their end. It's coming from the Nazis' end. Uh, so, okay, so this is important. Mark Husa was da 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 Jewish. Um, so he ran from uh, one of the tribe, one of the chosen people. Do you know him? Um, yeah, we used to summer together. Do you know him personally? In Israel. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> in the Dead Sea. We oh, used to God. hang out. We have a house in the Dead Sea Can you together. imagine going to the Dead Sea? It's called the Dead Sea. I've been there. It's weird. Are you, you were there? Uh, I've been to the Dead Sea before. Really? Well, you know, yeah. Have you ever been there? No. Oh, it's weird as fuck. So it's so salty, like it's so salty that uh, you can't not float in it. Like you get in there and it, it like it just like pops your body up to the surface. Gross. Immediately. Yeah. It's you a get body, body popped. Yeah. And, um, then, and then because of all the salt, you go, oh, I want a margarita. Yeah. And they're like, oh, this fucking American And you're wasting, <laughs> wasting away in Margaritaville. Yeah. yeah. Why not? Um, Let's talk have, about Jimmy Buffett the next episode. Yeah, the philosophy of Jimmy Buffett. <laughs> so what happens? So this guy's hanging out. He's German. 
Let's do the bio. Let's do it. All right. Uh, born in Germany. You got a rockin' bio. I got a rockin' bio. Um, <laughs> God damn it. Um, so, born in 1898, uh, died in 1979, uh, so lived to a ripe old age of 81. Um, so, he was unholocausted, which is cool. Uh, he uh, was born in Germany, uh, left Germany shortly after the Nazis took power in 1934. Four. That's when he left, not when the Nazis took power. Um, left, and... Oh, this is actually fucking rad, too. So, this guy had a life. Um, he worked for some research branch of the OSS. Okay. Do you know what the OSS is? Uh, yeah, it's an operating system on your, my Mac. <laughs> That's close. What is um, it? It's the Office of Strategic Services, which was the predecessor agency uh, for the CIA. Um, oh yeah so the united the central states intelligence central agency. intelligence agency so the the u.s uh during world war ii set up like their their first ever like real spy agency yeah and they called that the oss uh that's the uh office of strategic services os os yeah and uh oh look at their fucking os <laughs> look at that os that's such a thought os <laughs> That's a really that's a tight os. Um, so yeah, it was you a pretty, put a drink on that os. <laughs> this is this podcast is so weird because we get into some really heady shit. Yeah, and then this is the most juvenile joke. It's the secret to our success. So it's our pod ses. Pod ses. So, <laughs> um, the OSS. Office of Strategic Services. All right. So they had uh, this branch in Central Europe, which yeah. was basically they had all these uh, German intellectuals um, who basically were like enemies of the state within Nazi Germany. And so they basically just recruited these dudes and were like, tell us all you know about Germany. Tell us everything you need to know, that we need to know so we can like send spies in there and do all sorts of cool missions and shit. Okay. So he was like a consultant sort of in that way. Um because he focused a lot. So when he uh, uh, when he was in college, he went to University of. He started at the University of Berlin, and then I think he went to the University of Marburg. Yeah. And uh, he um, studied like you know the history of culture and okay. uh, all, studied under Heidegger and all these dudes. And uh, then the Nazis took power, and then he had to get the fuck out of. Dodge. And he was like, "Oh no!" And he was like, "Oi!" And he left. Yeah. Um. So he worked for uh, the OSS, um, got his citizenship shortly after the war ended, and then he just stayed in the United States and taught. He was like a philosophy professor at these different universities. He taught at Columbia, Brandeis, uh, University of California, San Diego. Um, so this guy is like a very smart, accomplished man. He's pretty smart and accomplished dude, yeah. They should have let him pose. They should have, yeah. You know? It would have been very enlightened of them. He escaped the Nazis. Let him take his, you know, fucking dick, dick out. out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Whip out that dick. You earned it. Yeah. He did earn it. So what? So he he taught these all these school. He did a lot of stuff. It seems. Like. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, do you have any like any specific questions about him? Do you want to know anything, or should I just get? He sounds just like dive a, in? He, so they referred him as a radical philosopher. In yeah. what sense were his philosophies radical? They just love like surf rock. <laughs> Pat, it's radical. Pat was so pleased with himself after that last joke. You recoiled from the mic because you were afraid you were going to laugh too hard. I covered my mouth. 
to keep from laughing at my You look joke. so mischievous. You're just like, oh, no. Well, dude. <laughs> it was I'm good. A, it was very mis- good. I'm a mischievous guy. He is radical. Uh, radical. He was a radical philosopher. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I surf. <laughs> this close to posing for Playboy. How rad is that? He's a pretty rad dude. He's a rad. Was he a dad? Was he a rad dad? Like Jared Walls, our friend Jared? Jared Walls, yeah. Uh, uh, not as rad as Jared. Well, who is? Yeah, no one is as rad. I mean, he's got twins rad. Like, Shout out to Jared Walls. Yeah. Um, Jared Walls, RIP. Um, yeah, rest in, rest in paradise. Rest in paradise. You know, I hate, uh, I, hate, I hate when people go, rest in power. I hate that. You ever heard someone say that? Yeah. I hate it. Okay. What does that even mean? Uh, is it peace better? Oh, let's rest in power. No, because then you're in charge of stuff, and you got to do administration, all this shit. Yeah, but if you're powerful, then you're awesome at it. No, because when you're when you're no. in power, Ben, let me tell you something, okay? <laughs> uh, when you're in power, the way I am, you know, it's kind of rough. You <laughs> got right, to do mayor of Austin County. You got to do all this stuff. Yeah. But if you rest in peace, you what have about, nothing to do. What about what about rest in, in chill? Yeah, but th- that doesn't start with a P, Ben. I know it's not your first language. It's a silent but, P. Oh. oh. Well, then I stand corrected. <laughs> so why was he so fucking radical? Um, so he was politically radical because he was primarily a Marxist. Um, oh, I remember him. Yeah. Remember Marx? Yeah. We're Austrian. No, German. Fuck. <laughs> Close. I, I don't remember him at all. It's, <laughs> you're, getting, you're, you're getting closer. Yeah. Before you thought he was Russian. Yeah, so you're, I did. You're way closer this time. I really so, thought you know, he was Russian. Yeah, okay. I, you know what? I deserve that radical. Yeah, you get a run of applause. We're applauding a lot of people lately. Yeah. Um, it's, good. it's good to be positive. Okay, so Herbert Marcuse is he's a member of uh, a larger I'll give you a little more context here. Oh, right. Uh he's a member of a larger school called the Frankfurt School. And these are these German intellectuals who were primarily influenced by Marx, um, but also had some pretty serious criticisms of Marxist ideology. Oh es- shit. Especially as it was espoused by the Soviet Union. Philosophy fight. Philosophy fight. And uh, he was also, they're also, this is when it gets pretty interesting, and we should have talked about this dude probably earlier, um, but they were also very heavily influenced by Freud, Sigmund Freud. So they joined... Was he a philosopher? So... I thought he was a psychiatrist. Kind of, yeah. He's mostly a psychologist slash, slash I, I, psychiatrist. I thought about bringing him up, but he's Slash not intellectual really, hack. He's not really a... Uh, I thought he wouldn't fit. Maybe we should talk about him next. We could, you know what? It would make sense to talk about him because he does influence a lot of philosophy going forward. Even so, though he was not a philosopher, you're sometimes right. Sometimes, Ben, a cigar is just, is just a cigar mm-hmm. that looks like a dick. Yeah, because you love dick. Because you look like a dick. If you yeah. smoke cigars, you're a dick. Um, kind of right. A little. It's kind of an obnoxious habit. Um, I like smelling it. Really? Yeah. Sometimes. I hate the smell of cigars. That's yeah. why I hate it. I, that's why I hate people who smoke cigars so much. Oh, okay. Well, so you know attitude. what? Fuck you. This show's over. <laughs> Fed leaves. Storm out. I immediately light up a cigar. I have two cigars in my mouth with a hundred dollar bill. Oh <laughs> man. Um. So uh. Okay. So anyway. He's Frankfurt radical. School. The Frank. So they're influenced by this the Sigmund Freud character. Sigmund Freud. Well, so they're influenced by these two Jews. Yeah. Um. It's a bunch of Jews influencing Jews. Basically. This, yeah. The rest of the show is just that. It's okay. just Jews influencing just Jews. Jews. It's fine. <laughs> um. So the Frankfurt School, <laughs> a bunch of Jewish philosophers who were heavily influenced by Marx, had some issues to take with um, with Marx, 
and we're, but we're also heavily influenced by Freud. What these Jews did was they. <laughs> so I love that you keep calling them Jews. So they, what these Jews, Jews. Did, they are right. Yeah. Just, I don't know. It sounds funny. But so they. So basically, this hey, waiter. Up, Jews? This waiter served them up on a silver platter. Yeah. Marx's philosophy, <laughs> and they had the gall to send it back because they were like, "This is not as comprehensive <laughs> as we'd like it to be." <laughs> um, yeah. So basically, they were influenced by Marx. Uh, also influenced by Freud, and a big thing with them was trying to reconcile how Marxist philosophy was uh, mostly talking about, uh, you know, how um, you know society was structured based off of like economic circumstances and stuff like that. But sure. it was it was kind of taken from. Remember Hegel? Remember when we talked about Hegel? Of course, who could forget? And the <laughs> I won't. I don't blame you because Hegel's boring as fuck, but he's important. You know, he was that guy. He was this guy who talked, talked about, about the, the okay, I don't remember this guy. Yeah. Kicks <laughs> uh, ass. He talked about the thesis and the antithesis. Uh, ripped off by someone's mad dad, I think. That's Avalard. <laughs> no, that's the same guy. So what happened? Okay. So basically, the, uh, Hegel and a lot of uh, like you know German idealist philosophy uh, dealt with these kind of very grand historical processes. Uh, and didn't really take into account the individual and the role of the individual. Um, and that's where Freud comes in, because Freud and his psychoanalysis kind of looks into an individual psyche. And the problem that a lot of people with the Fra- in the Frankfurt School had with Marxist philosophy is that it was a little too grand in scope. Uh, it was a little too mechanistic um, and didn't take into account, um, you know, uh, you know, all these things happen historically with these waves and these... Uh, you know, these combating classes, uh, but they never consider, like, individual roles and what your individual experience is. Yeah. Um, there's no room for that in traditional Marxist ideology. That has always been my main criticism right. of Marxism. So, Marxism, yeah. So, you would you would love... I barely finished that word. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah. I said Marxism. Yeah. Was, there's, like a, there's, like a, there's, like, a fucking That was a tightrope walk. Yeah, <laughs> there's that, an ellipsis in the middle of that. That was an emotional roller coaster. <laughs> From the first syllable to the last. <laughs> um, so, uh, what um, Mark Husa and the other dudes in the in the Frankfurt School came up with were yes. uh, that Freud can provide a really interesting perspective to help out with why answering certain questions as to why a Marxist revolution hasn't happened yet. All right, because the Marxist Marxism. Uh, you know, says, predicts that there's going to be this communist revolution that happens. Well, they were wrong. They were very wrong. And this was kind of causing a crisis in the Marxist school of thought. Yes. Um, Because remember, by the time that Marcuse was writing, this was in the 1930s. Oh, I remember. 1920s, 1930s, into the 1940s and 50s. Yes. Uh, He, um, uh, at this point, a a Marxist revolution should have happened at some point. And... A lot of people will say, well, what about the Soviet Revolution in Russia? What about it? Well, it doesn't really count. A lot of people say it doesn't really count because Why? it didn't come from the right place. It didn't come from a, uh, uh, a, an educated proletariat that, knew, that really knew how oppressed it was. Um, what Marx predicted was that a communist revolution would come at the, in the most uh, advanced countries. So places like France or England or even the United States. Los Estados Unidos? That's where, that's where Marx predicted, oh, not the United States so much. He basically said that England was going to be 
the source of a real communist revolution. Yeah, right. They have a fucking queen. <coughs> I know. I don't know. Yeah. So there's so there's this huge problem with well, Marxism, I'll call it, right? Oh uh, yeah. Um, where decades and decades and decades went by, and the only communist revolution you got, which was this, you know, these fake ass busters. Whoa. Uh, in Moscow, smart ass bitches. Yeah. Um, who were not very communist. No. Were actually very repressive. Uh, no. Did not really help the workers' cause at all in any meaningful way. So Marxists were like, well, what the fuck? What's going on? Uh, the Frankfurt School kind of came up with some decent answers as to why this shit wasn't happening. All right. Um, and they were saying because people were putting too much, le- were leaning too much on the predictive power of, of Marx's message and saying, oh, capitalism is going to self-implode, and the communist revolution is inevitable, so, you know, don't worry about it. It's just, it's in the cards. It's going to happen. Okay. All right? They didn't take, in, take into account how individuals react to their environments, um, how they're driven by, um, you know, by and large, we are driven by our economic circumstances, but they're translated through these weird ways, these weird uh, aspects of our personalities. All right. Like our libido. Or, um, you know, our d- different drives that uh, Freud hypothesized exist within us, right? The unconscious, the ego, the id, the superego. Have you heard of these concepts yes. before? How's your libido, by the way? My libido? Oh, uh, firing on all cylinders. <laughs> um, Let the record show. Yeah, I'm horned up. You're ready. Mm-hmm, I'm ready. So, ladies? Start your engines. Start your engines, because Ben Sholock is ready to ruin those engines. <laughs> <laughs> throw water all over those engines and we all die so that's pretty interesting yeah i know about all those things i've heard those things before the superego yeah yeah okay so the superego is actually really important that's what they call me the superego yeah now i'm realizing that's probably a bad nickname to have actually i think that's kind of a rad nickname the superego yeah i don't know it seems pretty bad. i mean it, it makes you sound like a dick but well, recently i've had so many conversations with people uh-huh <laughs> where They'll essentially go, you know, it's, you know, want to hear something really funny? Like, the first time I ever did an open mic here in Austin, mm-hmm. you were hosting it. <coughs> and, like, being kind of a dick. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, yeah oh, kinda, that's when you ran a that's why I hosted butt. it. Yeah, years ago. That's yeah. how I hosted that mic. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway, that, that was off track, but I just thought that was kind of a funny that thing. That was funny. You were kind of a dick. Yeah. You made fun of people while they were on stage. Well... <laughs> No, I did that if they were bombing to save them. Right. <laughs> Just mercilessly make fun of them. I wasn't heckling from the crowd. I had a microphone. Yeah, you had a microphone. Yeah. And if someone said... It, it was actually a very funny set. Yeah, and if someone's set funny. wasn't going well, I'll try to help them a little bit. Yeah. That was very kind of you. Yeah, it was, yeah that's why I did it. Uh-huh. <laughs> the charitable... Dude, you gotta be a dick running an open mic. Otherwise, you fucking get trampled yeah. by these fuckheads. But that's, mm-hmm. that's a different podcast. So. We'll talk about the philosophy of open mics at some other point. That would actually be really interesting. <laughs> Let's do that. Let's, I'll, I'll figure yeah. something out where we can relate it to an actual full so, But okay. The superegos are running around. So the superego is actually interesting. So this is where Marxism and Freudianism kind of co- connect. The superego kind of goes hand in hand with um, what in Marxist termo- terminology is called uh, ideology. An ideology is basically like the belief system that's in place to ensure this, the capitalist status quo. Um, and that is usually aligned with the superego. The superego is this aspect of our individual personalities that is kind of constructed 
by society to mold us and to act in a certain way yeah. in a society, right? Because you can't just act however the fuck you want because you'd just be labeled a psychopath. Yeah. Or a fucking total weirdo. I've been noticing that lately. Right. <laughs> um, you know, th- there is you. there is always going to be some measure of conformity that you have to establish within yourself to interact with other people in a society. Um, I don't know if you've heard about, you know, it's a lot of bumper stickers are like, you know, conformity is the enemy. It's like, don't conform. Or yeah, blah, blah, blah. I fucking hate to conform, man. Yeah, well, I mean, it's bullshit. Like, everyone conforms. You well, have I, to conform. Okay, then I take it back. I love it. Yeah, I mean, you have to conform to a certain extent. Yeah. Okay, this is where Mark Yusa gets pretty interesting. Because okay. he starts talking about how far you can go to conform. Yeah. And how that helps to develop or at least helps you become complacent in a totalitarian environment. Remember Hannah Arendt when we were talking about totalitarianism? I do remember her. Yeah. So Good old Hannah Arendt. Yeah. Mark Yusa talks about totalitarianism in a very interesting way as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically, here's what happens. Mark Yusa says that um, the reason there hasn't been a communist revolution yet is because the dominant ideology that capitalists have put in place, or that the capitalist system has set in place, um, is so effective that it's basically convinced, it's tricked people into thinking that they're living free lives, but they're actually not. Um, And this is almost more apparent in Western democracies than in traditional totalitarian regimes like Nazi Germany or Stalinist yeah, Russia. Yeah, I thought we were going to get away with it. Yeah, but no. So he's calling them out. He's calling out basically the United States. He's saying he's basically saying, "Hey, United States of America. Yeah. You mm-hmm. are not only a totalitarian society. Yes. <coughs> but you have done it so well. You've done it so much better than Nazi Germany or Stalinist Russia has ever done, that the people living in that society don't even realize it. We're walking day to day thinking that we live in the freest country in the world, but we're not. We're living in this prison, and the prison is basically made of consumerism. The bars are consumerism. Uh, it's, it's mass media. It's entertainment. It's everything that has been distracting us yeah. from making real, real conscious efforts to change our political structure yeah uh the the american working class the american workforce basically the people who are being sublimated by this culture are not rising up because they are so heavily and effectively sedated by uh mass media by by you know netflix the internet social media facebook twitter um, you know, we go online, we're inundated podcasts. with ads. Yeah, podcasts like ours, you know, you can listen to one of our podcasts. Yeah, You can listen to this podcast and think that you're learning something. And you probably are a little bit. I hope you're learning something with this one. I'm learning nothing. <laughs> are you really? No, I'm kidding. Okay. I call it the American Jerk Force, by the way. <laughs> In case you're wondering. So, yeah, so this why is what... Well, why would you be wondering that? Is <laughs> Pat called the American Jerk Force? Why would you ever be wondering that? You know, the American you know, I'm like, um, I'm like an onion. You peel away the layers, and in the middle, you don't like it. Yep, <laughs> you start crying. It's me. <laughs> um, so yeah, so Marcuse talks about this in his one book called The One Dimensional Man, 
and it's one of my favorite books of all time. Really? Yeah. One Dimensional Man basically talks about how uh, American consumerist culture uh, is engineered to keep us sedated and distracted um, and uh, focused on uh, a certain set of problems. This sort of goes into how like elections are, are when people say, oh, you know, y- you only have the two parties that you can choose from. Um, and someone might argue, well, actually, you can vote for a third party. It's like, yeah, sure, the third party that isn't allowed in any debates uh, is isn't put on the ballot in half the states where you can vote. Yeah, like it's it's obviously like this one dimension of political choice that you have that's not real choice at all. Um, the Democrats, the Democrats, and the Repu- I don't know what the stupid thing. Um, for let's let's try to figure one out for Republicans. The, the Republicans. Republicans, sure. And the but, Democrats. Yeah. But it doesn't matter. They're, they're the same and the party. Independent dumps. And the independent independent dumps. dumps. Yeah. <laughs> the independent dumps. So yeah. So this this I'm seven, a lot like Marx. Yeah. So Mark used to the seventy year old pervert who wanted to pose for Playboy <laughs> says that um American culture is one of the most repressive cultures in the world. Nice. <laughs> and uh we need to find another dimension of political choice and political action. Okay. Um, and one way that we start, sort of started doing that, but it got pretty, uh, pretty quickly co-opted was the counterculture of the 1960s. So he wrote all this stuff in like the fifties and early sixties, like right as this, this, the youth youth movement and the counterculture of the sixties kind of started getting its swing. Um, and they basically put this guy on a pedestal and, and considered him like the guru of what's called the new left. Okay. Um, and the new left is like, you know, left coast, California. Yeah. Well, kind of, I mean, so a lot of these student protests started in Berkeley um, but also Columbia. They call it the left coast. coast. Yeah. Um, the le- yeah, I know the left coast. Okay. Well, yeah, I don't know. I'm just making sure. <laughs> um, you know, you, you, know you, you, yeah. you don't know a lot of these things. Sometimes they make references and you go, what? And I explain the joke and then you just get mad. I know what left coast is. Okay, but- Ben, I don't know. <laughs> Do you get any of this so far? Yes. Do you have any questions so far? Yeah. What's your fucking deal? I don't have a deal. You got a deal, brother. I don't know about you. So what happens? Um, what happened? What happened? What happened? Well, so, um, I mean, that's pretty much it. I think he's right. And it's and, <laughs> and it's going on to this day. It's really fucking sad and kind of depressing. Yeah, it's crazy <laughs> that, um, yeah, that's a... I, I, my whole thing with, with politics is that I, is I just feel like it's all hopeless. Yeah. So my thing isn't necessarily being distracted by these things he's going on about. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe a little. I'm sure I'm a little bit to a degree. I mean, everyone is. Everyone yeah, is course. complicit in it. So am I. I mean, I, I fucking I sit and I watch Netflix and I yeah. try not to think about shit. Yeah. Yeah. But like, it's just it's more. It's more. You just go. Well, what's the point? I'm not gonna. What's gonna change anything? Nothing. Right. Well, so that's what his. So his. Like, idea, we elected Donald Trump because he was the Republican. Mm-hmm. That's why. Like fucking. It's just what happens, man. Bad. It's crazy. crazy. It's crazy. He was on the cover of Playboy. Yeah. The president of the United States of America was on the cover of Playboy. The president of the United States of America was Col- Cold Stone. Wait, was it Stone Cold Stunned? Yeah, he's in the WWE Hall of Fame, as Chris Tellis pointed out. Yeah. Yeah. That's. <laughs> and it's it's um the probably the first president it's, to, it's, to, to do it's that. 
face meltingly crazy. Yeah. Like <laughs> it's odd. Um yeah, and this and all of this shit was predicted by this by this guy Mark Husa back in the 60s. Back in the 1950s. Well, if he knew Donald Trump was going to do this, he should have said something. Well, he did. He wrote two books about it. But Donald Trump! He just didn't say Donald Trump by well, name. Then he fucked up! You know who predicted Donald Trump earliest? The Simpsons. Plato. What? Plato. Really? It, yeah, there's a whole section in the Republic where he talks about the worst kind of tyrant. And he basically just describes Donald oh, Trump. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, in the Simpsons, they had a, they had a gag back in the day. Yeah, that he would be president. Yeah. And they ruined everything. Yeah. Weird. Jesus. Simpsons did it, man. Simpsons did it. Simpsons always do it. It's weird, right? Yeah. It's really weird. Uh, by the way, for those of you who don't know, The Simpsons is a popular <laughs> animated comedy on the Fox Network. Um, yeah. This, this guy sounds pretty tight. Uh, Mark, he's, yeah, he's yeah. really cool. So I'm trying to think of what else he was, t- he, he was talking about. Oh, yeah. So. Um, loved getting naked, apparently. He loved getting naked. Um, was he a pervert? No. A lot of these guys seem like they're perverts. I don't think he was a pervert. I think he was actually pretty well. He was like a he was like a big proponent of the uh, of the women's lib movement in the seventies. Oh, okay. Um, he was his one of his most famous students is Al- Angela Davis. Who, oh, I don't yeah. know. You know who yeah, she is? Yeah, very very famous. Uh, 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 counterculture singer songwriter. No, <laughs> she's a professor of of philosophy and politics, oh. and was I was thinking of Joni Mitchell. Oh no no no. Are you serious? No. <laughs> Jesus, man. I can't tell with you sometimes. You've known me for 18 years. I, re- I honestly thought that you thought that Angela Davis was like a Motown singer. No. <laughs> no, I didn't think okay, that. Okay, good. 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 Yeah, it is good. It's great. <laughs> because she's not a Motown good. singer. Good. Great. Grant. <laughs> no yelling on the bus. <laughs> As we call Billy Madison. It's a comedy. You, you probably haven't seen it. I've, so, I've seen it. So what? So... This guy is like a super progressive type of dude. But yeah, beyond progressive, he's I radical. I feel like people should be talking about this guy more. He really, they people really should. This I've never dude heard of this rules. guy. The only reason I know about him is he want to take his dick out in front of Hugh Hefner. Yeah, he took his dick yeah, out in front of Hugh Hefner. Sad that that's the only reason why I know who he is. Yeah. One of the oh yeah. What if he? What if he responded to them, and he was like. Okay, I'll do it, but only if I pose nude and also hear the photographs. Like he already took the photos. Yeah, yeah. He already <laughs> hired a photographer. Yeah, you guys owe, owe me five thousand mm-hmm. dollars right. to pay this photographer. Like, right. <laughs> I'm like in the red here. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a philosopher. I make no money. Right. Uh, so yeah. Um, in One Dimensional Man, he talks about the one thing that we do have left is what's called the Great Refusal, um, and the Great Refusal revo- re- um, involves. Uh, what he calls negative thinking. Yes, your thinking. Yeah, my thinking. Yeah. Which negative is basically Nelly. just, it's cri- it's critiquing what's going on. It's critiquing the status quo at any given time. Okay. And saying, like, the options that we're given or the ways that we're allowed to think about things, um, we have to recognize them for what they are. They're, sure. they're the dictated ways that we're allowed to think about a, a particular issue, but there's more to it than that. The culture has... Uh, delineated what how we're allowed to think about certain things, but there are ways to think about certain issues, like ways to solve certain issues or ways to analyze certain issues um, outside of what the status quo has told us we can think about them. Yeah. All right, and that's what he calls part of the great, great refusal is is saying, hey, this isn't the only way to think about things. Um, you know, uh, economic progress is not the only answer to uh, you know helping out humanity. Okay. Um, you know, 
maybe maybe you know making sure that everybody has a job is not the only answer to a well-functioning society um a lot of the things that we take for granted as just part of our like cultural ideology like yeah you know uh what are, what, what are you supposed to do with your life? You have to like go to school, then you have to get a job, and then you have to make a career for yourself, and then you have to get married, you have to start a family. Like this track that everyone has been told since birth that this is what we're supposed to do with our lives. Yeah. He was one of the first people to say, like, that's not how, how it is. And actually, that's a narrative that's told to us in order for that very society to self perpetuate itself. But didn't he kind of do that? Did he what do do the things that like yeah yeah he did that doesn't mean he's wrong though yeah um you know he he I mean he I mean yes he did but also he kind of didn't he took a very weird route right I mean he he left his country like he had no plans to leave Germany imagine if we had to leave the United States yeah because of some asshole president who is going crazy and makes our lives more and more difficult yeah, and we have that, to yeah. yeah we have to like leave the country. Um. Yeah. Go figure. Wouldn't that be crazy? It'd be strange. It'd be really weird. Where'd you go? Uh, I'd go to Peru with my mom. Yeah. And I just hang there, or I'd try to go to Canada. I try to get into Canada. It's hard to get get into. It's Canada. really hard to get into Canada. Yeah. I maybe try to go to Australia. I'd I'm eligible like for Ireland citizenship. That might be tight. So. I might try. To, I might. This is what's ironic is that this is. Oh, this is something that I read recently, which is really weird. What? There are a lot of like, um, like liberal Jews. Yeah. In the United States who uh, are like trying to figure out how to get German citizenship because their ancestors fled Germany oh, wow. when they were Nazis. They fled Germany to come to the United States. And now that Trump is in power, there's like a lot of these Jews who are like, I don't know if we can get our German citizenship oh, interesting. back and go back to that country. Wow. Because that country is way better right now. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, Germany. my my, uh, my grandparents going were, back to Germany. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, my grandparents are from Northern Ireland, so I could, I could get citizenship. <coughs> That'd be cool. Yeah, maybe I should just do that. I would go to Germany. I would love to live in Germany. Why now? For what? It rules. Listen to Kraftwerk. Kraftwerk's not bad. Yes, they are, Ben. <laughs> ben. Okay, on this podcast, we've said a lot of wild stuff. We've threatened to fight people. We've challenged people to meet us at RBM I'm Food not Mart. Like Kraftwerk. No. Why not? Because it's bad. How do you know? Because li- you think I haven't listened to craft work. Look at me. <laughs> I fucking live in a- listen to craft work, fucker. 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 I'd rather listen to Coldplay. Really? Yeah. Wow. I like their first album quite a bit. Well, there you have it, folks. Yeah, they have it, folks. Breaking news as soon as it feels like breaking. Pat Dean, unabashed Coldplay fan. <laughs> unabashed. I like their first album, like their third album. The second album, I didn't like that much. Okay. I haven't listened to anything past that. That's fine. Let's start a Coldplay podcast. Yeah, let's start that. First episode, Coldplay. Coldplay. Do you and like him? Like, that's it. <laughs> yeah. That would be the one episode. <laughs> well, anything else on this guy? Um, the, uh, the Frankfurt School is tight. Yeah. People should check them out. Okay. Uh, so it's not just him. I'll, I'll mention a little, uh, just a few things about the Frankfurt School. There's sure. um, this guy called Theodore Adorno, who uh, he came up with the idea of the culture industry. And he talks about how like mass media and culture are instrumental in uh, keeping people oppressed. Uh-huh. So all you people who like Broad City and think that it's such a great feminist fucking show, yeah, it's keeping you in chains. So Whoa! Enjoy that. Um, enjoy so that. is every single other fucking show you could ever watch. I've never seen the show. Broad, it's actually pretty funny. Oh, um, but it's uh, <laughs> that's the thing. People who love Rick and Morty, people who love you know Arrested Development, uh-huh. people who love. 
all sorts of comedies, are your favorite movies, your favorite uh, musicians. Your favorite Pat Dean routines. Your favorite Pat Dean Classic routines. Classic Pat Dean riffs. Favorite Pat bits. Yeah. Um, keeping you in chains, keeping you a slave. Whoa. Mm-hmm. So let's check out the school, I guess. Are they accepting tuition or? Um, they are accepting applicants. Are they um, still around? No, they're all dead. That's too bad. Um, yeah, they're tight. There's uh, Max Horkheimer, which is really... It's weird when people that's refer... the most German name I've ever heard, probably. Whenever Max were... Horkheimer. Yeah, that's... Yeah. <laughs> hey, what's your name? My name is German Man. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's weird to think like they call them schools like that. Yeah, because it was... dead. It's a school of philosophy. Hey, I'm going to go to Harvard next year. You can't. Why? Well, they're all dead. Well, John Harvard's dead. Yeah. He's oh. been dead for 400 years. Well, that's not good. Yeah. No. No. Bad. So we have to check out the school. Yeah, the Frankfurt School. The Frankfurt School. They're tight. Okay. Yeah. Theodore Dornbro, uh, Herbert Marcusa, Max Horkheimer. And also, so just to clarify. Eric Fromm. So, just to clarify, <laughs> he didn't, you know, they said no, you can't pose nude. They said no. They were like, we're not going to let you do that. That's too bad. Yeah. It's a real shame. What can you do? What can you do? You know? So folks, go out and buy a Playboy. Apparently there's some wild shit inside. Yeah. <laughs> They're doing nude again. For a while there, they they stopped being nude. They're doing nude again? Yeah, I think so. Is there bush? How much bush is there? Well, I don't. I mean, I haven't looked at a Playboy since I was, you know, seventeen. I don't know. Well, okay. Our followers, our listeners, go out there, buy a Playboy, look at it for us. <laughs> let us know. Let us know how much bush there is. Is there bush in Playboy? Yeah. And let us know on Twitter uh, at I Learned Nothing. Uh, you can find me at Pat Bean. Ben, your Twitter. At Gristleporn, G-R-I-S-T-L-E-P-O-R-N. Check it out. Check it out. Um, right now, I'm. I think I'm still going as Candy Boy. Oh, um, good. Yeah. Did we ever explain why your name is Candy Boy? Yeah, yeah. Because I, <laughs> you woke me up at six thirty p.m. to go to a comedy show. I was asleep. Yeah. And I had candy on on the brain. <laughs> and then we got to the theater, and I bought so much candy, I couldn't sit down. I think we discussed this on another podcast. Yeah. yeah. Uh, hell yeah. So follow the candy boy and uh, kid fantastic. That's me on Twitter and at I learn nothing podcast on Instagram. We're still trying to find the guy who has I learn nothing on Instagram so we can uh, viciously and without mercy beat him yeah. until he dies. Until he dies. Uh, go on iTunes. Uh, write dead. a five star review. Just say, hey, these guys are funny. Love the show. Whatever. Mm. Put five stars. It helps us a lot more than you probably realize. Two of the most handsome men you've ever met. Two of the rarest roses. Two of the rarest roses. And um, yeah, check out all the other podcasts that are on Body Tape Intel. And thanks for listening. International. Body Intel. Tape. Body Tape International. But it's I N it's I N T that's apostrophe acro- L. That's yeah. the sh- that's the abbreviation. That's for why I always think Body Tape Intel. <laughs> that's how I've always said it and thought it. It's not. It's Body Tape International. <laughs> so Body Tape Intel, check check it out. <laughs> and we'll have some fun. And thanks for uh, listening. Tell your friends. Tell yourself. You're worth it. You're worth it. Herbert Marcusa. All right. Don't don't eat what people feed you. Unless it's good. Unless it's tasty. Unless, unless it's, it's candy. Unless it's medium rare. Or it's candy. Yeah. Love you. Bitch. International.